Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. You already know what's going to be covered on today's show. We've got a huge Big West matchup to break down between the Wisconsin Badgers and the undefeated, yes, undefeated 4-0 Northwestern Wildcats playing well, much better than they did a season ago uh, at 3-9 and clip for them last year. So big improvement for the Wildcats, setting up a huge matchup in the West Division. Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk uh, about it ourselves, do our score predictions, do our Big Ten predictions like usual. And then in the back half, we, of course, have our interview with Inside NU, Northwestern's SB Nation site with uh, William Carmen. Uh, he came on to give us a breakdown of the Northwestern Wildcats. So our usual format for today's show, but should be fun, excited to break down a huge Big Ten West game. So, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just as we expected, it was going to be Northwestern and Wisconsin fighting for the top of the, the Big Ten heat at this juncture. So um, I'm excited to, to dive into it. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited as well. It should be a lot of fun to, to get right into this game. And I think um, with that, we'll hop right into it. Like we've said a little bit, huge Big Ten West matchup between these two teams. Both come in undefeated. Of course, Northwestern having two more games than the Badgers, so a little bit bigger sample size. But the winner really uh, takes the, the driver's seat in this division, especially when you look at Northwestern's schedule. I can't remember. I was looking at it last night. Not a ton of tough games for them after this one. So uh, things sit well for them if they can get a W here, but it sits well for the Badgers as well. They've got a little bit tougher of a go. Um, after with, with teams like Indiana and Iowa and, of course, Minnesota still on the schedule. But I think the winner of this game really gets that upper hand in this West division. So what are your expectations for this game kind of coming into it? Uh, every time Wisconsin and Northwestern play, it seems to be a knockdown dragout fight. It really does. Uh, Northwestern does a phenomenal job of, of muddying the game up and, and making the Badgers play sound football. I think you look at it, even last year, this game was close. It was it was a close contest, even though Northwestern had a horrendously bad offense. So you look at it, they've been improved this year, taking down Maryland the way they did, who Maryland looks pretty legit this year so far compared to what we might have thought coming into the season. We're able to grind out a couple of victories against Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, all one-score games. I, I think you see – at this point, that Northwestern knows what they need to do to win close games. It's going to be a matter of can the Badgers kind of deal with some of the adversity that's likely going to come their way, playing in a really, really kind of a ghost town of Ryan Field, and and still do what they need to do to walk out of there victorious. Um, you've got more players coming back for the Badgers, but my expectation is because Northwestern is going to do their darndest to make this game as, as murky as possible and try to keep it low-scoring and uh, unexplosive as, as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, the last few trips for Wisconsin to Ryan Field, they've all went, you know, they've it's went pretty poorly, um, for, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, you look at the offensive side of the football, they've only averaged uh, 17.3 points per game their last three trips there. 
uh, one of them being in 2014, which was when uh, Barry Alvarez took over as interim coach. So I don't know how much you can really take from that. But the last few trips, and, and against Northwestern in general, um, in the Paul Crest era, they're averaging just 21 points a game. So it, it's kind of always the same game. I know you know Paul Crest has been with Wisconsin as an assistant, as a head coach, um, for, for probably a decade plus. Pat Fitzgerald has been at Northwestern for over a decade. So you know what you're going to get from both of these two schools and, and these two football programs. You're going to get tough defense. You're going to get... Um, you know, two teams that want to run the football, so it's probably going to be a pretty close um, game to what we've seen from these teams time and time again. Low scoring, like you said, a slugfest, um, you know, just fighting it out and, and limited possessions. Both teams do a good job, especially this year, uh, of hanging on to the football, so it's going to be just one of those classic Northwestern Wisconsin battles, and, and unfortunately for the Badgers, they haven't played super well at Ryan Field. Um, maybe there's a little bit of a boost knowing that you know Wisconsin's now played a few games in front of no fans. It's kind of similar to what Ryan Field is in general, even without a pandemic. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But like you're right, it's going to be a classic, probably Big Ten uh, slugfest that we've seen from these two time and time again. I think one nice part about this is that the game's at 2.30. A lot of times mm-hmm. you think of, you worry about that 11 a.m. sluggish start. I think 2.30, you've got the sun shining at the beginning of the game. The sun's going down later in the game. It kind of gives you a bigger game vibe um, to even kind of pump up this top 20 matchup. But I think that's going to help the Badgers in a lot of ways. You look at last time they were in Evanston, that was um, a, a real struggle fest. We saw Jack Cohn taking on his first – uh, start in that game, and it w- did not go great. You look at this offense this year, and it's a very different collection of players. Jack Cohn isn't there. You don't have Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I like what we've seen out of these the Badgers scoring offense at 47 points a game, and the defense has been playing um, with their hair on fire. I think now it's going to be making sure to minimize mistakes against Northwestern because Northwestern has thrived on that this year, and part of that is – has been um, a little bit of luck, and part of that is just improved talent and um, some of the transfers that they had come in uh, helping them out this year. Yeah, I think you make a great point. You know, you give a team like Northwestern, whether they're, you know, a 3-9 and nine team like they were a year ago or a 4-0 and o team, they'll capitalize on mistakes um, if you give it to them. They may not have, you know, the superior athletes like a team like Michigan or Ohio State does, but they've got guys that will play sound football. They'll, they'll play their assignment and they'll capitalize on mistakes. You've got to play mistake-free football. Thankfully, the Badgers, in terms of penalties, um, they've done pretty well, and and, and the turnover bug has not bit them too much. Hopefully that continues uh, this week. Uh, Let's get into the offense a little bit uh, for this game. Wisconsin has not run the ball very well against Northwestern, uh, especially over the last three years. You you look at Jonathan Taylor, uh, some of his struggle games were against the Wildcats, just uh, nothing really... You know, I was watching some, some um, tape and highlights of the last couple of years. It wasn't necessarily anything that was glaring in terms of the run game. It was just Northwestern, like I said, plays assignment football. They know where to be, and they're, they're almost always in the spot to really just muck it up, keep it to two, three yards, you know, make you convert uh, third-down conversion. So what do you think coming into this year, um, you know, what do you think the game plan is going to be? Because I know last year it was kind of the same thing, didn't run the ball very well. Paul Chris was a little bit conservative in that game from what I remember last year. So do you think the approach is, is going to be different this year or is it going to kind of be the same, you know, establish the run game and, and see what happens? 
I, I, I really am hoping for an aggressive approach by Paul Christ and the staff. We saw them take the ball against Michigan right away. In the big games, Paul Christ has, has shown, hey, he wants the ball. He wants to dictate the game right away. I, I would anticipate that they try to do the same. Um, you look at this Northwestern team, and they have a really, really – good set of linebackers. At, at Will, you've got Blake Gallagher. At Mike, you've got Patty Fisher. At the Sam, you've got Chris Bergen. Those three have are their top three tacklers, and they're all seniors. Those are guys who have been here for some time, and they're household names at this point. At least Gallagher and Fisher are. Bergen's having a really good season as well. So I think if the Badgers can do do some work with the offensive line, dictate and, and dictate first down and and move, the, move themselves ahead of the chains, it's going to really help this team because you still are going to have a quarterback who's still probably going to be knocking off a little bit of rust after his first full week of practice after coming back from COVID um, in Graham Mertz. And you you don't necessarily know what the weather is going to be like. You look across right now um, the the country and you've got cold, cold fronts rolling through um, everywhere west of or east of Michigan, you don't know if it's going to be a blustery day in November here or if or if they're going to have to um, run the ball. But I, I think if they continue to stay ahead of the chains on first down, that's going to be the big thing. So I anticipate the Badgers are going to mix in a lot of pass. I think this Northwestern team is really good against the run, but they don't necessarily generate pass rush. So if they can Get, do some damage on first down by mixing and running pass. I think that'll go a long way to, to making sure and extend drives because that's what Northwestern's defense is going to try to do is make you drive the length of the field and not give up chunk plays. Um, so if the Badgers can do that, extend those drives, and every once in a while hit a couple big plays, that that's all the difference they need. Yeah, I think that's going to be really important in this game is to to not lean so much on the run game and whether it be you know just running outside the tackles with uh, with the jet sweep or just throwing a little bit more to to open things up and give you an opportunity to stay ahead of the chains and keep the ball moving. It's going to be important. You talked about the linebackers already. Um, those guys have been it seems like at Northwestern forever um, and and really uh, strong guys that that really can shut down a run game and and. They don't necessarily have anything up front that that really gets you too, um, you know, worried in the run game in terms of the defensive line. But those linebackers can come up and, and make plays and fill the hole. So I think if there's a, a question mark for Northwestern on the defense side of the football, it's kind of in their secondary. I know they had some opt outs, um, and, and this year they've gotten, um, you know, guys like um, AJ Hampton and Cam Ruiz last year were their second cornerbacks. Uh, kind of struggled, and this year they played a lot better. So I'm interested to see, you know, if if they look at that and say, you know, all right, maybe we'll attack some of those guys in the secondary and, and open it up. But you have to consider still that that Graham Mertz is still, like you said, working his way back. Thankfully, he's had more practice this week, but it's still going to be a little bit of a struggle for him. So I'm interested to see how aggressive Paul Chris gets with that. I think he he needs to be aggressive, come out and try and win this game early because Northwestern is just a type of team. Uh, the longer you let them hang around, the more dangerous they become. And, and Pat Fitzgerald is is pretty notorious for for you know eking out these close games and, and coming out on the right end of them. So to come out and and score and and drive the ball down the field, I think would be important. So I'm hoping that Paul Christ is the aggressive Paul Christ that we've seen sometimes over the last few years, and, and sometimes he shells up. But uh, for the most part, in these big games, like you mentioned, he's he's been a guy that has gone for it and and been aggressive, and I think it's paid off. Yeah, and. 
just actually was able to pull up the weather, and, and we're looking at mid-40s and likely rain um, during that time when the Badgers are playing. So I think that's that's something to, to keep an eye on uh, specifically for that game because we I mentioned Northwestern wants to make this as the least pretty game as possible because I really do uh, feel as though the Badgers are a more talented team on paper. You look at the talent that they have, they're recruiting at a different clip than Northwestern. Now it's just a matter of making sure that the Badgers are able to put their playmakers in positions to, to do damage against this defense because Northwestern does a really good job against of scheming against the Badgers, especially against, against the run. And, Graham Mertz is going to have to have a good game here to, to make sure that the Badgers are able to take advantage of that secondary, and um, you know which has improved but still has, has some spots where they can be attacked pretty well. Switching gears a little bit here, we'll talk about the Badger. Uh, defense has looked great those first two weeks against Illinois and Michigan. You look at Northwestern, they've ran the ball better. Of course, last year their offense was, was absolutely putrid, um, struggled in all phases of the game. They've been better this year. I, I, they're, they're by no means you know, a great offense. They don't do anything overly great, but they're better. Their league average, which I think has, you know, when you're almost, you know, when you're 126th of 130 um, a year ago, league average is a significant improvement, and you've seen what happens. They went from 3-9 and nine to 4-0 and oh this start. So what do you think defensively the Badgers will need to look for and do because like you know Northwestern doesn't you know really blow you away but they find a way to win games so what do you think the Badger defense is going to have to prepare for here? Uh, I really think the the defense needs to do a really good job of making Northwestern go the length of the field because you look at this team they're not running very well. Northwestern has leaned on their running game but it really hasn't done a whole lot. You you've got um um Ramsey, Peyton Ramsey, their quarterback, he can run a little bit, but really, in the game, he's, he's not somebody that's going to really scare you. Um, as a running team, they're only averaging 2.6 yards per carry when you take out that Maryland game. That Maryland game is kind of an anomaly at this point where they ran wild on them for 331 yards. So I think if the Badgers can stop that run and force Peyton Ramsey to beat them, they'll be in really good shape. I, I love the, um, the matchup of two true freshmen going up against each other as well. I, I think if Nick Herbig can win the battle against freshman left tackle Peter Skaronsky, I think that would really help this Badger team as well. So I think if they can attack that left side of their, the offensive line that Northwestern has, where everybody else is pretty much seniors except for that true freshman who he's a talented kid, at four, four-star guy, um, but it doesn't change the fact that he's still a true freshman. Um, and, and make Peyton Ramsey beat you with his with his arm. I think that's that's the recipe for the Badgers because it's going to be potentially a rainy day with a quarterback who has been has shown signs of throwing interceptions without having a whole bunch of weapons all around him um, in pass catchers. Yeah, you look at Peyton Ramsey in his career. That's kind of been the storyline for him is that uh, he, he sometimes he can make plays and keep you in games, and sometimes he can he can really hurt you because he can kind of put the ball in, in harm's way. And next thing you know, you've got a couple of interceptions. Um, so I think for Wisconsin, you look at this team, you you'd really like to force a couple turnovers in this one, which would really um, you know hurt the Northwestern offense. You've we've talked a little bit about time of possession in this uh, contest already. Um, you know, the, the, both teams do it really well. I think it'd be it'd be advantageous if the Badgers can you know it's going to be limited possessions already so if they can force Peyton Ramsey into some mistakes and, and you take out away a couple of those possessions you're you're kind of in the driver's seat for this game so 
I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think the, the run game will be taken away by default with the Badgers' uh, defensive line. Um, you know, Hopefully they can get the likes of Rand, uh, Garrett Rand back at the defensive line position. But even if you don't, I, I like the Wisconsin uh, defensive line uh, against this Northwestern offensive line, and I think the run game will kind of be the same for, the, for Northwestern. So I, I think it's going to come down to, you know, can Peyton Ramsey make some plays for them, keep them in the game? And if not, I think the Badgers have a really good um, opportunity to, to put this thing away. Um, you know, as the game progresses, it might be tight uh, early on, and, and maybe the Badgers break it open later, but I think it'll be uh, very similar and low-scoring tight game to what we've seen in the past. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that that's going to be big, and I, I I think this Badger defense can can hold this team in check. We've seen them do it against Illinois. We've seen them do it against Michigan. I don't see Northwestern being all of a sudden a dynamic offense um, when in, in comparison to those two teams. So I, I think you're looking at a similar type of offense where where you're going to have to just kind of eliminate them getting big plays and having and success on short fields. But but really, I think the Badger defense, at least if they're able to continue to play the way they are, should be in a really good shape here against Northwestern. So get into our, our predictions a little bit um, here. What is kind of the main, main thing or, or key that you're watching for in this football game? The Badgers need to take care of the ball, and they need to convert um, in the red zone. Uh, we've we've seen it when the Badgers struggle. I'm thinking back to last year against Illinois. That thing will haunt me in my dreams at this point, where the Badgers seemingly had it in the bag. Late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, it seemed like everything was pointing the Badgers' way, and then turnovers, missed field goals, um, not converting when you had the opportunities, came back to bite them. This is the type of game where you can't have it. Northwestern's going to take advantage of that. And in a game that could be a little bit more low scoring than what the Badgers have been accustomed to, like I said, averaging uh, 47 points a game, it's, this is the time when you, you can't have those, those miscues in the kicking game, um, the punting game, or, and you can't have uh, oppor- opportunities wasted when you get into the red zone. You've got to score. Um, the Badgers have been really good at that. The Badgers have, have done a nice job of, of converting and turning um, opportunities into touchdowns. Now it's going to have to be doing that each time against a really solid defense that's, that's going to really try to bend but not break when they get in there. So I think that's my overall key to the game, and um, I think that's what I'm going to be specifically watching. The other thing is how much this Wisconsin offensive line can, can move the front seven of Northwestern because those linebackers are really good, but if you're able to move the, the four in front of them, it makes your life so much easier um, to, to kind of have some of those linebackers get caught up in the wash. So the Wisconsin offensive line, which has been their staple, been their um, what they have, Joe Rudolph said that they're going to run with the same five that they had last week, even though Seltzner's back. Um, I, I think if the line can do their part and the Badgers can avoid miscues and um, convert when, when they need to um, in the red zone, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I think a clean football game is definitely going to be a major thing to watch for in this game. I think uh, for me, kind of going off of that, you know, you talked about taking advantage and, and making them drive down on the length of the field uh, and, and converting in the red zone. I think this game is really going to come down to, um, you know, who wins more on third down. You look at Wisconsin, right? They're ranking third um, offensively and converting third downs. Northwestern ranks 29th. 
Then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, getting teams off the field and, and stopping them on third down, Wisconsin ranks sixth and Northwestern ranks 14th. So this game, low time of possession or high time of possession for both teams. Both teams do it really well. Uh, Wisconsin actually leads the nation a smaller sample size in terms of that, but right now leading the nation in time of possession, Northwestern at 17. So going to be, you know, a low amount of possessions with rain and weather that might have an impact as well. So whoever wins more on, on third down, either extending drives offensively or getting the opponent or the opposing offense off the field, I think is going to come away victorious. And I think for Wisconsin, that, that plays into your hand well because I think you do have the better defense. You've got more athletes front to back. I think you're a much more solid team versus, you know, one unit to, to like, kind of lean on in Northwestern. And I think offensively, if you've got both phases of the offense clicking a little bit better and, and in, in sync, you know, the first game it was the pass off the run offense. If you can get both of those clicking at a, you know, an average rate, I, I think that the Wisconsin offense will be able to move the ball and, and stay on the field. And that should hopefully turn into points and, and red zone conversions and the Badgers can hopefully get away with the win. So clean game, you know, what comes what happens on third down? I think those are both going to be really important things to watch for. Yeah, no doubt. And and making sure that uh, that this team doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. I, I, we've seen that so many times with Wisconsin in the past. Don't do it on Saturday if you're wanting to come out of there with a victory. Speaking of coming out of there on Saturday, which players do you think we will be talking about? We've done this segment uh, for the first two weeks. We'll continue that here. Who do you think we'll be talking about come Sunday afternoon? I think that's a great question. Um, I, I think it will be Garrett Groshek, um, who, I, who I think is going to be playing in this game on offense. Um, last week, I, I, I hit on the Chimray DK and her big picks. Um, so, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Groshek on offense. Um, defensively, uh, I think it's going to be, hmm, let's see here. I think there's a couple of different guys that could, could make the splash, but I'm going to go with Noah Burks. He had a good game against them last year. I'm going to go with Noah Burks and Garrett Groshek to have good games, uh, in this one. Yeah, I like both of those. I think Groshek, hopefully, like you mentioned, he might be back. I know on defense, it sounds like Rashad Wild Goose will be back. He tweeted out that he was excited to be back on the field. So there hasn't been an official announcement from Wisconsin, but it sounds like he'll be back, uh, you know, just by uh, coming right from the horse's mouth. So that's important to have him back uh, on defense. Uh, I think for me, offensively, Groshek is a great pick. Um, I think a guy like Danny Davis or Kendrick Pryor, if they have to open the you know offense up a little bit more and, and throw it a little bit more, both of those guys uh, need to have big games. I think a guy like Danny Davis could really, if if they're in sync, Davis and and uh, Graham Mertz and their connection, I think that could be a big thing because you can kind of take the top off the secondary a little bit. So I think we might be talking about Danny Davis in that regard. And then defensively, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a game for Jack Sanborn to really have a, a good game. You know, the last couple of weeks. He's been going against spread attacks, um, you know, in Illinois and uh, Michigan. This is going to be a little bit more run the football. I think you could have C. Jack Sanborn coming in um, and, and putting down double-digit tackles uh, against their run game and hopefully making a couple big plays, maybe opening up some stuff for the outside linebackers, um, you know, with Burks and, and Nick Herbig. So I look for Jack Sanborn to kind of take over in this game and hopefully uh, have a big performance. But I think both of those guys defensively will be important in this one um, as the defense looks to shut down. Um, this Northwestern offense that hasn't done a lot well, but if they stay on the field and keep rolling, they can they can do some damage. 
Yeah, for sure. I love those picks as well. Sam Burton was a guy that I um, I have talked about glowingly in the past, and I w- was really thinking about pulling the trigger on him as well. But um, I-, I think, like you mentioned, both those guys are going to be key parts on defense. And my pick is a little more dicey just because we aren't totally sure if Groshek's going to go. But but I do think that uh, whether he plays or not, people are going to be talking the fact that he is he's not there if he's not. <laughs> That's a that's a good point. That is a, that is a, a true point right there. All right, that brings us to our score prediction time. Big Ten West battle. Who wins it, and uh, what do you think the score will be? So I'm I'm going to go with the Badgers, and I I do think that the game will be fairly close for for the first half. But I do think the Badgers will pull away, away a little bit. Um, I think they'll cover the spread, uh, which I think is last time I saw like seven, seven and a half, something like that. So I'm going to go with the Badgers winning 34 to 20. Ooh, a little bit high scoring. I like that. Uh, 34 and, and 20 would be more than I expected. Um, either of those teams to score. But I think you you've hit the nail on the head. I kind of agree with you there um, in terms of the first half. Might be kind of a feel each other out type game and, and you know low scoring in that part. And then the second half, I think this thing uh, could break open a little bit. So I, I think um, I, last night when I was doing Northwestern's podcast, I said 24 to 17. I actually think the Badgers might you know have a situation where they're up by seven and then get a, a late field goal to get it to two possessions or they break a play and, and get it to, to two touchdowns. So right now I, I was thinking like a 27 17, something like that, maybe 31-17, where it's tight. You know, it's a one-possession game, and then and then Wisconsin hopefully busts a big play like we saw last year defensively, or, or Graham Mertz connects with the likes of uh, Pryor, Davis, or Ferguson, or, or someone busts a run, that kind of, you know, a game that was probably low output in terms of yards per play, and then all of a sudden a big play happens, and it kind of flips it on its end and puts it away. So I like the Badgers 27-17 uh, in, a, in a close, low-scoring uh, slugfest, but hopefully they redeem um, the house of horrors that can be Ryan Field. Yeah, I think that's fair, and, and I, I could honestly see Northwestern scoring less than 20 and the Badgers still pulling out like 34. Um, I think that's a real possibility as well. So I, I think it's, it's going to depend on what the Badgers can do and muster out offensively because I don't have much reservations about the Wisconsin defense. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's, uh, that's a great point, and hopefully we're right because that means uh, the Badgers escape Evanston 3-0 and and in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. All right, well, we've knocked out our score predictions for Wisconsin Northwestern. We'll get to our Big Ten predictions here now as well. Decent slate of games uh, in the conference. None that um, outside of the Northwestern and Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio State really jump off the page, but still some matchups that I think will end up being intriguing. We'll start with Purdue and Minnesota. Uh, two teams that uh, have had you know some success, but relatively not a strong season so far. So, who do you like in uh, in that Big Ten West uh, matchup? I'm going to go with Purdue. I, I just think Minnesota's got a nice hot streak going of losing on Friday night, so let's keep it rolling. <laughs> I like that there as well. I would have to agree with you at this point. I just I haven't seen anything from the you know Minnesota defense that has me confident in being able to pick them. I think uh, who knows what's the situation with Rondale Moore and that passing offense. But regardless, if if he ever comes back or plays, I kind of like Purdue in this spot. They can throw it around, you know, get big chunk plays. 
this Minnesota defense has just been torched uh, all around, so there's no reason for me to, to have confidence in them. So I'm going to take the Boilermakers in that matchup as well. Continuing in the Big Ten West, Illinois and Nebraska. Nebraska picked up their first win of the season last weekend, as did Illinois. So both teams come in with a victory under their belt. 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. Who do you like in this matchup? I'm going to go with Nebraska. I think Nebraska's got way more talent than Illinois on on their team at this point. So I'm going to go with the Cornhuskers. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Illinois is... I really don't they, – they probably shouldn't have won that game last week. They they squeaked it out at the end with a field goal. I think Rutgers is probably – I just don't think this Illinois team is very good. I know they were expected um, to be better this year and, and maybe, you know, build off their season last year. But I just don't really see a lot from them um, in terms of, of having a strong season and hanging around with this game. Nebraska showed some things last week that I think they'll improve on and, and try to work on as the season progresses. So – I like the uh, the Cornhuskers here as well. 11 a.m. Big Ten Network out in the East Division, Michigan State taking on Maryland. Who do you like in that one? I'm going to go with Maryland. Um, we'll see if this game actually does in fact happen, just because of some COVID stuff. But um, I'm I'm going to guess Maryland here. I think they have the better offense, and while both teams can do a little bit on defense. I think really it's just going to come down to points in this one. I would feel better about Maryland's offense than anything that Michigan State's got. Yeah, I'm going to be on the same wavelength as you on that one as well. I I can't take this Michigan State team anymore. Last year they were a team that I always um, was betting on, either against them or with them. It's kind of been the the same thing for me this year, and I've been burned by it the last couple weeks. So. I am I'm done with Sparty for the foreseeable future until I see something more from them. If they do, in fact, play, I think Maryland's uh, got more talent offensively. Rocky Lombardi or whoever Michigan State has in there at quarterback, it just just is turning the ball over and, and not something that uh, I feel confident in, in picking. So I like the Terrapins if this one does, in fact, go off. All right, the next one uh, out east, a big one, undefeated top 10 matchup here, Indiana going to Ohio State, 11 a.m. on Fox. Who do you like in this one? Uh, I know you're super high on Indiana, but I just think the talent gap, that gulf between Indiana and Ohio State is still way too present. So I'm going to go with Ohio State, and um, I think the bigger question is, is can Indiana cover the spread of like 20 points is, is really the bigger question to me because I do think Ohio State is heads and tails above Indiana, and Indiana has been a little lucky this year given some of the breaks and short fields that they've had have, have this season. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because that's what I was going to say as well. This Indiana team, while they are undefeated and, and 4-0 and in the top 10, they have had some really lucky breaks um, you know, along the way with, with turnovers, short fields, just everything kind of going their way in that opener you know, against Penn State. That can't continue throughout a whole season. So they have benefited from it so far. Granted, they have played good. I do think they're a good team, but I think their record might be a little bit better than what they actually are at this point in time. I haven't seen enough from them to think that they're knocking off the big boys of Ohio State. Will they cover? I actually, you know, I, I was kind of going off of that. I don't know if they will. I think Ohio State... Uh, had an extra week to prepare for this, which helps not having their Maryland game last week. So I like the Buckeyes here, and I think if I'm looking at it right now as 
uh, point favorites. I might uh, uh, lay the number with them as well in that contest. Should be an interesting one to watch, though, as it leads right into the 2.30 slot uh, with the Badgers and the Wildcats. Speaking of yeah. the 2.30 slot, Iowa, Penn State, uh, Penn State winless here, 0-4, taking on the Hawkeyes. This one looked like a really intriguing game and will probably, I think, still be pretty good, but who do you like in this cross-division matchup on the Big Ten Network? I think this is one of those games that could go either way, but I'm going to go with Iowa. Uh, I think that Penn State at this point has kind of packed it in and is done for the year. I think they they're genuinely um, don't care as much as what Iowa might in this contest, just based off the fact their 0-4 came in as a top-10 ranked team. The Everything's gone down the twos for them. I don't think that they have a lot to play for right now. So I'm going to go with Iowa because I think that they have a little bit more reason to uh, get behind this game. I was thinking that as well, but for the sake of being different and Penn State at home, I think this could be a game where it, it gets ugly and maybe Penn State hangs around and maybe just maybe they pull one out. So I, I'm going to take the Nittany Lions here. Um, so we we can't be chalk across the board, be the same. So I'll take the home underdog in Penn State because I think that would just be hilarious for Iowa to bounce back from their bad start and, and lose uh, to a winless Penn State team. This Anytime these two play, it's always a weird, low-scoring game. I would expect kind of the same here, but I'll, I'll take Penn State to maybe eke it out at the end. I think that's fair. All right, the nightcap for the Big Ten Conference, 1-3 and three, Michigan heading to 1-3 and three, Rutgers. Can't believe I'm saying that sentence, but here we are in 2020. Who do you like in that East Division matchup? Yeah, I mean, this game's like eating paint chips, but um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Rutgers. Um, I, similar to the Penn State-Iowa game, I don't think Michigan has much to play for in this, and I think there's a lot. There's got to be stuff going on behind the scenes at Michigan that uh, hasn't come to light yet. That's that's probably not great. So I'm going to go with Rutgers and and just imagine um, that they're going to be really up for this game because this is what they need. They need to stack some wins to try to get better recruits to come to Piscataway. Um, I, I think this is the type of game that Shiano is going to get his team up for. And Michigan just hasn't instilled any confidence uh, Harbaugh came out and said they're going to play both quarterbacks. I think that even makes it more likely that they're going to struggle. So I'm going to go with Rutgers in this one. See, I like what you're thinking there, but I think I'm I'm going to go opposite of you on that this one as well, just because I, I kind of thought last week Michigan with their backs against the wall would maybe give Wisconsin a game. Of course, that didn't turn out, but I think this one – uh, could be maybe it's a week later where Michigan sees that things are going really poorly. They've got an opponent that should be inferior. Granted, Rutgers is much better than what we expected coming into this season. So I think Michigan could eke one out uh, late. And I would hope, I would definitely take Michigan if I knew Cade McNamara was going to be the guy that was under center for most of the game. You know, I think he looked uh, okay in what he brought to the offense when he came in last week against uh, the Badgers. If Joe Millen's out there, I, I, I think confidence with him uh, in himself and the coaching staff in him seems to be at an all-time low. So if McNamara was out there, I'd, I'd feel much better about it. I know Joe Milton will probably get some time, but I, uh, I like Michigan to maybe uh, eat this out, but I would not be surprised at all if they've, like you said, packed it in are, and are just done uh, for the season. And hopefully uh, that's not the case for, for Michigan fans, but it, it's very well possible from what we've seen from them so far. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it's been a house of horrors for Penn State and Michigan this year, and I, I'm I'm just looking to see if maybe they can hit rock bottom um, right now. And I think that that would Michigan losing to rock, Rutgers after getting you know curb stomped by the Badgers is probably rock bottom. I would have to assume. Yeah, I would think the fan base would. Uh, I, well, I mean, it is kind of funny to watch the Michigan fan base kind of just go to go crazy, but I think that one would really uh, put it over the edge, and we maybe see some uh, changes in Michigan uh, as we go forward here. But I think that wraps up everything on our end. So uh, thank you guys as always for listening to our portion. Now we'll get. Uh, our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll get into our interview with William Carmen of Inside NU. He gives a really good insider perspective on what to expect from the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, kind of, we kind of went position by position uh, and talked about what uh, the Wildcats have done that has led to a much better start from 2019 to 2020. So enjoy uh, that interview with William, and then uh, we'll see you guys back here next week. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, Jim Carmen from Inside NU. If you're looking for an insider's perspective on the Northwestern Wildcats, make sure to go check those guys out. Uh, they do a great job of covering uh, the Wildcats, similar to what we do here on Buffy Smith Quarter. Will, thanks for joining me. How are you doing tonight? Of course, no problem, Tyler. I'm doing good. We just got off recording with you on our podcast, so I'm excited to talk some Northwestern with you. Yeah, it's a big contest in the Big Ten West. Uh, you guys, both teams coming in undefeated. You guys have thankfully gotten in all your games. Uh, Badgers, of course, have struggled with that. But before we get into the 2020 matchup, I wanted to talk a little bit and revisit 2019 because I think there's been some big changes that Badger fans should be aware of from last year to this year. So things were rough, especially you know offensively. Uh, there were some changes, of course, uh, to the offense coordinator, quarterback, um, things like that. So could you kind of give the Badger fans that are listening a rundown on what's changed from 2019 to 2020 that's kind of allowed you guys to go from, you know, 3-9 and nine team to undefeated and right now leading the Big Ten West? Yeah, definitely, Tyler. I think it all starts at the top. Um, so, so the first major change Northwestern made after the season ended very quickly was Northwestern fired their longtime offensive coordinator, Mick McCall. Um, and so McCall had been a sore spot for Northwestern fans. Fans have really been calling for Fitz to fire him for a while now. And if there's one criticism of Fitz from fans, I think it's probably that he's too loyal with his, with his assistant coaches. Um, but, but McCall's finally gone. And so Northwestern brought in Mike Bajakian, offensive coordinator from Boston College. And BC pounded the football last year. I wouldn't say Northwestern's pounded the football this year, but we'll get into that. Um, but, but just the first change up front, it's a completely new offense. Um, you remember the super back position, Northwestern has gone traditional now. We now have tight ends. Um, but So after Bajakian, you know, we have a new quarterback, Peyton Ramsey from Indiana. He transferred over to Northwestern. And so I think the big thing with Northwestern is the defense was pretty good last year. It's hard to be too good when your offense is just so bad. And as Wisconsin guys, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Bears. I think the Northwestern was a very good parallel to the Bears last season. Um, and so now Northwestern with Ramsey and Bajakian is getting at the very worst league average offense. Um, and you pair that with a stout defense, and you have something that can be in contention for the Big Ten West. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And, and that was kind of my next question a little bit. You know, it, it seemed like Northwestern from like 2015 to 2018 – was was really struggling offensively. So it sounds like 
there was some serious relief from fans that you know Pat Fitzgerald finally made the change and made the decision to overhaul the offense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a huge gripe by all Northwestern fans. McCall's actually now the off, the running backs coach at Iowa State. I've watched one Iowa State game this year. They played Oklahoma, and they actually pounded the ball very successfully against them in the upset win. But, yeah, it's a new offensive system. Wildcat fans are relieved and just a lot more creative. It's a 21st century offense. There's play variety. You have guys going in motion. With Western tries to establish the edge on Jack Hughes and things like that. So I think that, from McCall, um, that change has been dramatic. Sorry about that noise in the background, guys. I was looking up some stats for my next question. Peyton Ramsey, we've mentioned him a little bit already. Um, looking like he's completing a good amount of his passes, not doing anything um, you know, overly. You, know, you talked about league average in terms of quarterback play, giving you enough on the offensive side of that quarterback position to, of course, lead to this turnaround and, and lead on a run game. So what has been the, the strength of Peyton Ramsey that has allowed him to, to come in and and really start to turn around and be just kind of a, a manager of this offense on the field. Yeah, so, I, I mean, for Badger fans, if you think back to Clayton Thorson, that's the comparison I've been rolling with, and, and here's why. The first thing here is that Randy can move the ball with his legs. Uh, he, he, gets, he, he gets about 30 rushing yards, but he can move it when he needs to. Second thing is he can't make all the throws, but he can make a lot of them. He doesn't have a special arm, but he has a good one, and that's a huge upgrade from last year where we just didn't have a competent quarterback. And, you know, Ramsey wasn't good enough at Indiana to beat out Michael Penix. Penix is a top three quarterback in the Big Ten. But Ramsey gives Northwestern someone at quarterback. You know what you can expect. He can make the throws. He can keep the offense ahead of schedule. And, you know, it, it allows Northwestern to really have a balance. Speaking of that balance, the running game has, has been pretty strong coming into the season. You've got Drake Anderson uh, Bo, and, and Isaiah Bauer, a guy that's ran the ball well um, the last couple of years for Northwestern. Uh, running game seems like something that the, the Wildcats are relying on pretty heavily to, to give them that balance. How good has the rushing attack been, and uh, and what have you made of the front? Because I know you guys, it looks like offensive line-wise, a pretty familiar group from what you had a year ago, and I think that seems like it's paying dividends in the run game. So a couple things to take note here. So the offensive line was dealt a big blow. Our best offensive lineman, Rayshon Slater, he's the left tackle, uh, opted out opted out of the season before it started. He he looks to be a first-round pick in the draft next year, which you don't see very often from Northwestern. So that was obviously disappointing. Um, but replacing Slater, Northwestern has their highest offensive lineman recruit ever. His name's Peter Skaronsky. He went to a Chicago football powerhouse in high school, and he's been a stud at left tackle for Northwestern. Um, so, yeah, the offensive line's been solid. It's, they've done their job. Um, but last week against Purdue, Northwestern actually ran the ball 40 times for 80 yards. And so besides Maryland, where Northwestern was just firing on all cylinders, I'm not really sure what was going on. If you look at Iowa, Purdue, um, and the game in between, I'm blanking on it. Um, Iowa and Purdue in the third one, I can't think of it. I'm scared. Nebraska. So Northwestern was pounding the ball against Nebraska and Iowa. That's how they won. But they couldn't really throw the ball efficiently. And so what Fitz said at his press conference this week really is that Northwestern offensively has not put a complete game together. And so to beat Wisconsin, Northwestern's going to need to be able to do both on Saturday. Switching gears a little bit here on defense, Northwestern, we talked about you know guys coming back. They've returned a lot um, from, from what I'm seeing in my Athlon magazine here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Nine starters total, of course, led by Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher, linebacker, two studs. 
um, that seems like they've been at Northwestern uh, forever. Has that, have those guys kind of been the strength for the defense this year, or, or what has been uh, the strong part of that defensive unit so far? Yeah, so before the season started, actually, Northwestern had a defensive lineman named Samdut Miller and a safety named Travis Willock. Both were starters the past couple seasons, and they opted out due to the pandemic, uh, at least we think. And so I think coming into the season, the main concern was the secondary, and the secondary has been rock solid, which we'll get into. But, yeah, you hit it. The linebacking core, Chris Bergen, uh, Patty Fisher, and Blake Gallagher, all three have been starting together for multiple years. There's a level of trust. Uh, none of them are physical specimens in that they're freak athletes. I don't think any of them will be day one or two draft picks next year, but I think all three just are very cohesive. They're on the same page. They fly to the ball, and they try to create turnovers. Yeah, I think you touched on my next question a little bit, the secondary. I think Wisconsin, in terms of their game plan, have not ran the ball very well against Northwestern in the last few years. Paul Christ has been, I know, I think he did the game last year and, and two years ago with Jack Cohn. Um, kind of getting thrown in there, has have, have been pretty conservative in his game plan. I think we'll have to open that up in, in terms of, of moving the football and not relying solely on the run game. So talk about that secondary a little bit. What has what has gone so well, you know, despite the, the changes um, that's allowed them to, to be a strong part of that defensive unit? Yeah, definitely. So you start, Northwestern has a number one cornerback by the name of Greg Newsom. Uh, he started his true freshman year. He's been injured a couple times, but throughout his tenure at Northwestern, he's been really solid this year. He's a junior, and he's been a stud for Northwestern. Uh, he shut down David Bell of Purdue last week, who is making a claim to be the best receiver in the big time. Newsom was talking a lot. I'm sure Wisconsin fans will not be very happy with him on Saturday. He's just very, he has a swagger to him. But beyond Newsom, Northwestern last year was constantly being picked on by opposing uh, offenses because their second cornerback was just horrible um, guy by the name of Cam Ruiz and A.J. Hampton, they filled in there. And this year, both are just dramatically, have dramatically gotten better. Um, neither are a weak spot. It's hard to pick on them. But if I'm Wisconsin, I think whichever one of Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, whichever one Greg Newsom's not on, I think the game plan for Wisconsin, A, you obviously are looking for Ferguson, but that second receiver is the other guy you're looking for. I think that's an interesting note to, to watch for Badger fans as they look to you probably throw the ball a little bit more. Graham Mertz works into his third week. Uh, definitely something to pay attention to um, on that side of the football. So things have gone really well so far for Northwestern, much better than last year, of course. Off to a 4-0 start, really playing sound football. That's, that's kind of what you get from the Wildcats, at least from a Badgers fan perspective. A team that plays disciplined football, knows their assignment, and knows where they're supposed to be kind of on both sides of the ball, which has led to a, a very big improvement. But what do you think needs to be better as you keep going forward to keep that success kind of continue and, and, of course, win this game and, and maybe contend uh, for a Big Ten championship? Yeah, Tyler. I mean, so the first thing with the Big Ten championship, I, I think Northwestern's goal right now is to get there. Um, and so after Wisconsin, Northwestern has Minnesota, Michigan State, and Illinois. I think we can both agree Michigan State and Illinois should be wins. Minnesota, you never know what you're going to get with Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. But, you know, in general, going forward, Northwestern needs to win this game. This is the game Northwestern had circled. The West goes through Wisconsin. Northwestern knows they have to beat the Badgers. Um, and, and so to do that, I was touching on it a little bit earlier, Northwestern's got to put a complete game together offensively. Um, they, they have to be able to run the ball and throw the, and be able to throw the football. And 
in my opinion, last week Northwestern came out firing the pass. I don't think that's going to work against a really good Badger secondary. I think they're going to have to pound the ball, and hopefully that's going to key in Wisconsin a little bit closer to more guys to the box, and that hopefully opens up play action in the pass. So offensively, they need to have both facets working if they want to move the ball. Defensively, the one area where Northwestern could improve upon that they're going to need against Wisconsin is the pass rush. Uh, fortunately for Northwestern against Purdue last week, we had a guy by the name of Aculiota, defensive end, who had two sacks. And he I can't remember if he wasn't playing the first two games, um, but he, he shined on Saturday. And for Northwestern, it seems like they have a real pass rusher. The other guy to look for is senior Ernest Brown. I'm sure you guys remember Joe Gaziano, who was our starting defensive end. Brown's going to re- Brown's replace him. He's been in the program for four years, and he was a really highly rated recruit. But he hasn't made that big of an impact pass rushing wise. He did have his best game of the season against Purdue, um, but defensively, Northwestern needs to get to Grandbergs. Yeah, I think uh, you know coming in against uh, you know with an experienced defense going against uh, a, still a young, inexperienced quarterback. You know, they played two games. Um, it's definitely something that would help you win a football game at, at home with a strong defense that way. So. In the, you've talked about you a little bit already, putting together a full game on both sides of the football. Sounds like that's what they kind of needed to go to, to win this game. So is there anything else that you see as a key to victory for Northwestern, and maybe what's your uh, score prediction? Yeah, I think the only other thing for Northwestern is time of possession. I think Wisconsin and Northwestern are two Big Ten teams that, you know, they love to hold on to the football and have long possessions. Northwestern needs to sustain long possessions against Wisconsin, keep the defense rested, I think the winning team on Saturday will probably win the turnover battle in time of possession. Um, so if Northwestern can win the turnover margins, hold on to the football for a long time, they're going to be in good shape. Uh, Prediction-wise, I think it's tough because all we've seen in Wisconsin so far is them be world beaters, and we haven't seen them play a full schedule. I think if you're a Wisconsin fan, you're going to find out a lot about this team on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, from Northwestern's angle – I don't think, as it appears right now, when you beat Michigan 49-11, to I don't think Northwestern has that type of talent to beat Wisconsin. With that said, Fitz is really famous for pulling out tight games. I think that's one of his best attributes. If Northwestern can keep it close, I like their chances to deliver, um, but I, I'm going to take Wisconsin by a touchdown. You said 24-17 Badgers on our podcast. Sounds about right to me. All right, well, I'm glad you agree with me on that front. I'm sure Badger fans will be hoping maybe for not as tight of a game, but you've seen these two teams play uh, quite often, and you know what Paul Chris and Pat Fitzgerald are going to bring. It's usually a low-scoring defensive battle that comes down to uh, just a couple possessions, so it'll be an interesting one to watch for. My last question, Wisconsin's really struggled at Ryan Field for the last few seasons. I think they're averaging the last three trips just 17 points per game there, so... What do you guys put in the air that, that causes you know opposing teams to struggle so much in Evanston? You know, I think what Wisconsin has on their side, Tyler, is that they've been playing without fans, and so Northwestern kind of loses the advantage of having a sleepy Ryan Field atmosphere because that's, you know, it, there's no fans in the stadium. It just takes away a different element. You don't have to deal with that. Um, so I, I think that actually will help Wisconsin, that they're not going to have to play with the environment where it's like half full and it's, Hazy. I think both teams are just going to be know what to expect from the beginning, and I, I think that will play into the Badgers' favor. Who would have known the pandemic would would allow the Badgers to kind of prepare for what they're going to get at Ryan Field? But either way, uh, in terms of of what they get, in terms of no crowd or crowd, 
it'll be an interesting one to watch. Of course, a Big Ten West battle. Um, really looking forward to, to seeing how this one shakes out. So, Will, thank you again for joining us, and uh, good luck on Saturday, but uh, hopefully not too much luck. Appreciate it, Tyler. Have a good one. <laughs> you, yep, you bet. You as well. All right, Badger fans, we'll be back with you to recap the game uh, later next week, and as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.